workmen up at the hall. They are coming back from abroad. The dark old place will be gilt by the touch of a millionaire. I have heard, I know not whence, of the singular beauty of Maud. I played with the girl when a child. She promised then to be fair. Maud with her venturous climbings and tumbles and childish escapes. Maud the delight of the village, the ringing joy of the hall. Maud with her sweet purse-mouth when my father dangled the grapes. Maud the beloved of my mother, the moon-faced darling of all. What is she now? My dreams are bad. She may bring me a curse. No, there is fatter game on the moor. She will let me alone. Thanks, for the fiend best knows whether woman or man be the worse. I will bury myself in myself, and the devil may pipe to his own. Long have I sighed for a calm. God grant I may find it at last. It will never be broken by Maud. She has neither savour nor salt, but a cold and clear-cut face, as I found when her carriage passed. Perfectly beautiful, let it be granted her. Where is the fault? All that I saw, for her eyes were downcast not to be seen, faultily faultless, icily regular, splendidly null, dead perfection, no more, nothing more, if it had not been for a chance of travel, a paleness, an hour's defect of the rose, or an underlip, you may call it, a little too ripe, too full, or the least little delicate aquiline curve in a sensitive nose, from which I escaped heart-free with the least little touch of spleen. Cold and clear-cut face, why come you so cruelly meek, breaking a slumber in which all spleenful folly was drowned, pale with the golden beam of an eyelash dead on the cheek, passionless, pale, cold face, star-sweet on a gloom profound, Woman-like, taking revenge too deep for a transient wrong done but in thought to your beauty, and ever as pale as before, growing and fading and growing upon me without a sound, luminous, gem-like, ghost-like, death-like, half the night long, growing and fading and growing, till I could bear it no more, but arose, and all by myself in my own dark garden ground, listening now to the tide in its broad-flung shipwrecking roar, now to the scream of a maddened beach dragged down by the wave, walked in a wintry wind by a ghastly glimmer, and found the shining daffodil dead, and Orion low in his grave. A million emeralds break from the ruby-budded lime in the little grove where I sit. Ah, wherefore cannot I be like things of the season gay, like the bountiful season bland, when the far-off sail is blown by the breeze of a softer clime, half lost in the liquid azure bloom of a crescent of sea, the silent sapphire-spangled marriage ring of the land? Below me there is the village, and looks how quiet and small, and yet babbles o'er like a city with gossip, scandal, and spite, 
and Jack on his alehouse bench has as many lies as a czar, and here on the landward side by a red rock glimmers the hall, and up in the high hall garden I see her pass like a light, but sorrow seize me if ever that light be my leading star. When have I bowed to her father, the wrinkled head of the race? I met her to-day with her brother, but not to her brother I bowed. I bowed to his lady sister as she rode by on the moor, but the fire of a foolish pride flashed over her beautiful face. O oh, child, you wrong your beauty, believe it, in being so proud. Your father has wealth well gotten, and I am nameless and poor.' 